When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to part two of our Infinity Wars overview. Um, I thought I'd do an introduction because obviously you haven't heard my my sexy voice for enough because Rory's been jabbering away. Um, Marco's still with us. Um, I've kind of forgotten exactly where we're up to in the film. So yeah, we were talking we were talking future future Marvel when when we were last on. So we were at a point we talked a little bit about Thor and rockets. Uh, and Groot's kind I of side it. mission. I think we can talk a little bit. Is it Nivella? Niv- oh, God, I knew I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. Go on, hit You me. did before. You said it perfectly before. I even said it was Marco that nailed it earlier. Nivadelia. It's not that Nivadelia. hard. Nivadelia. It's not that hard. Of things, no, no, I think <laughs> you are. So we get introduced to... Uh, oh, bad, I, wait. I need to edit that. No. No, I got it right. Sorry, never mind. My bad. Imagine trying to edit something when you've already got it right. You are rusty, man. You are <laughs> not in many a moon. When you're trying to edit yourself from something you said perfectly, that's hilarious. Um, we get introduced to Peter Dinklage, whose character, uh, who's the only dwarf left on a planet of 300, did he say, that have yeah. been wiped out by Thanos after he made the gauntlet, which we see the mold of or the cast of. Um, the, the star is, is basically uh, is, is dying, so they have to kind of reignite the star, which Rocket kind of jokes that no way Thor can do that on his own, but I don't think he quite anticipated how strong or determined Thor was at that stage. Um, and then we get a really kind of, kind of poignant moment where Thor commits an extremely brave act uh, that nobody else, Avengers-wise, could of strength and, and and just sheer will and and holds open the the gate that allows, you know, the stuff to be melted essentially that creates. Uh, his, he takes his the full force weapon. of a dying star in his back yeah. from about twenty metal. feet away, enough yeah. to melt the strongest metal in the known universe for like two minutes or something. So. 
if there was any doubts after Ragnarok of just how powerful Thor is, even without that, uh, without Mjolnir to channel it, that was a brilliant way of showing just how much he's levelled up. Yeah, exactly. And Groot kind of has that extremely unselfish moment where he's actually realising what's going on around him. Uh, and he grows <laughs> up for once. Game. Yeah, and he, he commits his arm as the handle for Stormbreaker. But also... That means that he lifted it, but of course it doesn't have the worthy enchantment on it thing. It's not, no. It's I not saw some people really. saying yesterday, I mean, oh, but that means he's worthy, but it was like, no, it wasn't. I'm claiming it, he's worthy, sorry, I'm claiming it. Oh. Uh, to be honest, Groot is worthy. <laughs> he's worthy in my eyes. Groot's I, hilarious. Groot is an exceptionally clever character that they've developed. You and know, it shouldn't the, work. The fact that they've gone through baby Groot and adolescence and we've already had that kind of innocent Groot grown up. and, and it's, uh, I kind of want to see grown up Groot. I really hope we will see grown up I, Groot I think again. by the time we get to Guardians 3, because there's going to be a leap forward in time, because James Gunn confirmed this afternoon, Guardians 3 is set after Infinity War. I think we will yeah. have sort of... Because Groot's basically like a mid-late teens now, isn't he? I think we'll have like maybe mid-late twenties. So I think yeah. he'll be fully formed. He'll be a lot taller. Yeah. Be back to I really hope so. It's going to be really intriguing. Any, what any they do character, any character that can make Vin Diesel look smart is really <laughs> fair that's comment. a fair point. Yeah. That's a fair comment. Um, and that's the moment we get we get the weapon, which um, introduces Stormbreaker. Storm- Stormbreaker, which is a really, really cool weapon. It really is. Um, it looks, and we see it looks him infinitely it better full, than Mjolnir. Yeah, he puts it to full force later in the film, but at that point, we've already kind of been through we talked about Iron Man and Doctor Strange um, and they're heading to Titan on the spaceship, um, and then we've also got the other side of things and the Avengers are based on Earth and we've got this relationship that's developed which we kind of hinted at in, in previous films um, between Vision who's evolving as known into kind of a more human form and can take on different kind of guises and looks a lot more like Paul Bettany than he does when he's in his purple-headed he kind like of... big Vinto monster. Exactly. Um, uh, and develop that relationship with uh, with Wanda, which we you talked about being in the comics and they have kids and all that kind of stuff. I never thought they'd do it, but they did. And it made an interesting relationship. And it's kind of when we saw the other half of the Black Order, um, Proxima Midnight, who is, is badass, but they maybe didn't quite do her justice. I think, I think they did a re- maybe a one more... thing they did, they did a really good job of in Civil War was explaining why the two of them are so drawn together because they are so infinitely powerful and because people are at that point were afraid of Wanda I like the fact they put them together through that rather than yeah, something silly of just like oh Vision thinks that she, you know she thinks that when he's in human form he's really cute or whatever they did it from a really nice level of well like Iron Man They're couldn't possibly understand bit, what it you know? feels like yeah. to have that much power within him because he doesn't have any powers. And same with Cap. You know, Cap can't imagine what it's like to be able to rip something apart at a molecular level, whereas the two of them, and especially they, did you see the way they, they almost, not in an incestuous way, but they made the sort of relation of her powers and his powers are very, very similar, so they can understand each other on pretty much every level, because his powers and hers obviously come from stone, so... 
I thought it was really good. I don't think that if Vision survives in the next film, I don't think they will go the full comic route of they have an actual relationship and have a family. I think I think Vision is gone. I think Vision has to be one of the ones that sticks, although I think his consciousness has been copied by Shuri. They, 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 sure set, they, they set that up. They set that up a little bit because, I mean, there's also obviously those lines that, that Bruce talks about, um, you know, when there, there's enough of a consciousness from Ultron, from Jarvis, from Bruce, from, from me. Yeah. You know, like, so there's that. The other, but I did, I did want, to, want to say as well, like, I think one of the reasons that this is so important because it's, it's actually one of the emotional anchors of the film. It's well handled because, because if you don't execute that, it actually just reduces vision to, to just a simple plot point. So I think the way that it actually comes across, especially towards the end of the payoff, um, and then it's really annoying when Thanos just like, oh, okay, I'll just go backwards now. <laughs> and, 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 and the versus the destruction of the mind. It's so um, frustrating. She's there oh. trying to hold him off with one arm while trying to kill her lover with the other arm. And then all of a sudden it happens uh, and he just goes, yeah. sorry, I'll just turn it back 20 seconds. Sorry, guys. Just hold on a second. And that was, like, another, oh, that was a cool bit as well because that in this we've now actually got to see the closest to the comic books of just how powerful Wanda can be, because previously she's throwing her little red things around and she's ripping the Ultron box. Yeah, we, the way we she see lifts up those. At the beginning of this film as well. Yeah, those drills. The the flying thing was ace because I love the yeah. fact that she can fly. But the way she lifts up those drills as if she was lifting up like an empty cardboard box was insane. And then the look on Okoye's face and was she like, gives such a cool line. The, Why was she up there all this time? Yeah. That, <laughs> I love the fact they've now gone proper OP Scarlet Witch. Like, now, where do they go from this? Now I wonder if they might get into, you know, the reality aspects of where she can control I'm reality really in distort time. With her because if Vision sticks, if Death sticks, I think she could do a whole Dark Phoenix thing where she completely completely loses her shit and just I goes. think that would because that would be fucking brilliant if she did. She's just got that edge about her. She's completely lost her accent. I don't know if you've heard that, but that's I completely saw that on the video yesterday. <laughs> she's now. lost if you go back to Age of Ultron, my God, this Soviet slang that she's using, this twang, yeah. and now she's completely lost it. I like the fact full because American. the accent was awful. It really I know, was bad. That? She's, she's American now. Yeah, it's fine. She's been locked in a locked in a room, just you yeah. know, in a, in a room for two long years, just watching TV, watching. They're uh, basically watching bought her a subscription to Rosetta Stone, haven't they? And she's just been sat there learning, you know, American and English. I like that nobody listening to this will understand what that but that means. I don't think. Well. <laughs> I don't think anyone millennials will understand what Rosetta Stone. Oh, is. Fuck millennials with their <laughs> avocados. Avocados on toast, twats. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> we, we must have lost at least one listener over that. Yeah, I know. Down yeah. to four so, now. Sorry, now. sorry, Lou Chandley. And <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so their relationship is is kind of is brought to life in in Edinburgh, which I know uh, a few people have, have been to that filming, and I thought that was really cool that we got that kind of uh, you know train train station scene i thought it was pretty bad well, either of you two um, surprised at how quickly vision got incapacitated yeah i think we've got to see how, how powerful that 
that weapon of Corvus Corvus Glaive is strong. Yeah, and Proxima's strong as well. They're, they're a couple which people maybe understood, but they didn't really get that across. But I think the Black Order as a whole weren't used all that effectively, but they didn't have a lot of time to, to give them. Do you know well, what they, I mean? They, they couldn't they do could they, they, they could them. Them. Yeah. They, they, they were just a plot point, ask. weren't they? Go on. Can I quickly ask, which entrance is better? Cap's entrance or Thor landing in Wakanda? Thor landed oh. in Wakanda, hands down. Yeah, but I can't. Ooh. I Cap, can't not. I can't. Cap's, Cap's entrance. entrance so many cheers in my in, oh, in my screen. Do you know what? Cap's entrance to me and the was beard. Just that the moment. beard. I keep on hearing about the beard from everyone. Well, well even, we've got we've got that beard moment with Thor and Cap later in the film where he goes. Oh, look at haircut. New hair. Yeah, haircut. And he goes, oh, you copied my beard. Yeah. <laughs> well, put, put it this way. Imagine, imagine what the response was like to Cap in America. It was a yeah. proper, like, raucous, like, cheers and applause for it. But even last night, when you see the Bifrost come down, which in itself is cool that now Thor can control the Bifrost himself through Stormbreaker, yeah. and then you just see the hammer come out charged... That was cool. I would say that was cool and it was badass when Rocket's there with Groot. I saw that's an awesome scene. It's an awesome gift that I can't wait to use when it stopped being spoilers on. No, we can use them now. After this review, it's officially open season for gifts. Nice. Screw it. Um, (laughs) That's the official line from me. I've got so many good ones. I've got so many good ones. Well, I've started following Um, an account that's just Infinity War gifts. And they've got some crackers on there. Yeah. Um, I think the cap thing, if it hadn't been so openly done in the in the trailers, it might have been a little bit more for me. But it still it still meant a lot. And then he catches Proxima Midnight's spear like it's nothing. You know, that was an awesome, awesome moment. Um, Do you know what we think actually stole that scene? I thought Black Widow came out of that on top because she's there and well, she's like, yeah, again, spear, some I'm criticism criticism of her being suddenly too powerful. But she's a badass, and 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 I think they give her a. A kind of minor, but but still significant role because she she's yeah. important in the fight scenes. Um, she's got that on running kind of feud with Proxima Midnight, um, which I thought was good. Well, yeah, because she's um, one of the few people that actually kills one of the Black Order, like tangibly kills him. So, and she was brilliant because there's been a lot of complaints throughout the MCU in general about the lack of female presence. Well, you've got Black Widow you know, going hand-to-hand combat with these incredible, huge, powerful aliens. One of them's carrying a weapon that's just taken down Vision, and she just takes it off him like, yoink, this is mine now. Yeah, and Wanda had a strong role, and and I said coming off the back of Black Panther, where you've got Dora Milaje, and you've got you know, such prominent characters in Shuri and, and um, Nakia, and, and, you know, Hela was a villain in Ragnarok, and, and Valkyrie, obviously, a huge character, yeah. who was a brand new character in Ragnarok. I, 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 you know, I think when people say that characters didn't get enough time or, or, or some of the women were underused, I, I, I understand that, but a lot of the characters would be defined as underused. You know, Bucky had next to nothing to do, you know, and you've got... Captain America with, with I mean, Black Panther Falcon. didn't have a lot to do if you want to be completely exactly. objective about it. He got a really those, cool scene where he's three. running towards the action, but he didn't yeah. get a lot other than that, you know? So those three are my biggest gripes, I think. Um, because I think, and, and it's just because, and the reason I'm, I'm saying it, like, intrinsically, if, 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 if the deaths don't happen the way they do at the end of the film, then you don't necessarily make the gripe. But that's, like, for me, 
you know, Bucky needs more than four lines in the film. One of them is only one of them is D. Like, it, yeah, it, it, I think it, they've it, still it, got bigger plans. That's needed more. Yeah, I think how they've much, got bigger funds. How much for the, how much work, for the gun? I'm, it's not for sale. How much for the arm? Oh, I'm gonna get that arm. I'm, I'm, I'm not Rocket, saying I'm, I'm not geez. saying that the stuff doesn't work. I'm just saying like like you know those characters deserve a lot more than. Uh, 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 than I, 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 I understand that. I just think it's really hard. I, I, do you know, the, the main praise I can give it is I came out of the film going, shit, how did they manage to fit that much in? Do you know what I mean? Because you have got so much to, to, to deal with. And I mean, you, you look at someone like Doctor Strange, who's suddenly a much more powerful entity. And I thought they developed his character exceptionally well, given that he's only had a cameo in Ragnarok, you know, and you only got a sense of him developing. So being quite a powerful figure when he's duplicating and, and fighting Thanos. And I thought that was really, really so good. Cool. But but it's so hard to do because you can't just you can't give everyone too much time. You, you've got to make it a story that is still a story that's not, takes you out of the film every time they put a character in. And, and yeah. You know, character moments are important, and I think they gave—I think they gave some quite crucial character moments, which, to an extent, was lacking in Ultron at times. I think it was there in in Avengers Assemble. I think Ultron didn't have as many. It had that great scene when they're having that party and they're all trying to lift Moldy <laughs> and things like that. There's yeah, some great yeah. moments there, but I just don't think there's enough character moments and character development. You you just have that on-running feud between Tony and Cap that was setting up more to come. I think this film was about Thanos, um, but I think they did a good job of, of getting those characters, and, and I think they, they squared off the right characters together. I think that's yeah. crucial to say. One so, of my favourite uh, bits, when just to, to skip back, when they first landed in Wakanda, and um, Banner asks Rhodey, and he goes... Do we? Do I bow? Do, do I bow? And he's like, Yeah, of course you do. He's a king. And then the second he does, he goes, What are you doing? It's just. Rody actually had a couple of really good moments on this as well. And when he, he did, when he drops the napalm and he's like, Sam, just move out the way. You'll singe your wings. And yeah. how fucking cool did War Machine's new armor look? Yeah, I mean, they all looked badass Bolt in this film. Like, you know, ball. they all had great armor and great new kind of. And, you know, I think we can come back to the Wakanda battle because it's it's pivotal at the end of the film. But can we talk Bleeding Edge armor? Because Stuart, oh, you were, you were so excited about this. That, that scene, even last night, when he first armors up with the Bleeding Edge, genuine goosebumps at how cool that looked. And how functional they made the suit. They made such a big deal. There was at least three or four times where he really demonstrated the nanotechnology. Well, when he's fighting Thanos. When he's fighting huge. Thanos and like he stands on his foot and all he stands on his hand and all of a sudden his hand is covered by like a land anchor and then he's punching him in the face and he's got lasers and shields and obviously the bit where he turns his feet into a giant thruster when he's trying to catch up with Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, the the whole the suit looked insane, and the graphics yeah. on that were brilliant. The way the bleeding edge was almost like liquid, like melting yeah. across his skin. If there's any criticism about CG, it's that it's it's Proxima Midnight really or bust. But I've seen a few yeah, people saying that Proxima Midnight's the... mouth didn't look like it was tracking as well. I, I just think I just think if it had been 
makeup, it would have worked effectively, to be honest. Yeah, right, I don't agree. think they needed to, to go full. If you know, look at Gamora and Drax, and, and that's makeup and design. Um, Thanos, you can see because Thanos is meant more. to be about like 10 foot tall, but when Proxima Midnight was basically just a tall woman, I mean, I'm sure there's other people, but say Gwendolyn Christie. Surely, you know, somebody who's a good, you know, six, six and a half. Well, it's Carrie four. Coons, and she's a good actress. They do, I just, that's the, the only lacking bit for me in terms of the CG or the way it looked. Yeah. I think the fight scenes were exceptional. I think Tony's armor was exceptional. And I thought the effects with Doctor Strange were equally as good as what we've seen, if not better. Um, and it was so flawless. And it's such a hard thing to do because people don't look, as much as this film's been in production for a long time, they have got very, very, very tight deadlines. Do you know anyone that's yeah. worked, and I haven't, but films or games design or production, deadlines are deadlines, and they'll do as much as they can, but the showstopper with Thanos. Do you know what I mean? You've Especially got to make when it you're right. talking about the film release of the summer that's been literally built up for a decade. Imagine exactly. the uproar if all of a sudden, like, we're going to have to miss the release by Steppen- two weeks. Imagine if Steppenwolf stepped out. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Imagine if that had happened. And you got this guy. <laughs> Imagine if Thanos of a few years ago had stepped out. Do you know what I mean? You know how bad he looked in that the end. So of, the, was yeah, the, the bit where he turned around on his chair and smiled on his space toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> imagine, imagine what would happen if if that had been the case. It would have been a like uproar, but to make him look so believable and so real, and that emotion really hit home was the was the key component in the film. And to make that work, I thought it was exceptional. But Tony's armor and, and the fight on Titan when you get introduced to the Guardians, the Guardians um, obviously are heading there without Rocket and, and, and Gamora um, at that stage after what happens on Nowhere. Um, and they're, they're obviously not a strong band of characters anymore. You, you've really only got Quill and Drax and Mantis, who actually has quite a strong gift to, and it plays a role. Um, but they meet Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and, and Iron Man in, in what is a really cool little fight scene on the, the crash-landed spaceship. Um, <laughs> Please don't lay your eggs inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, when Mantis comes running and he thinks it's like aliens. Um, I thought that was genius. quite ironic that the spider guy is the one thing that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, that's a subtle kind of thing. Um they have I just moment, love Tom Holland. Probably the next best quote, or or up there with the best quote is, "I'm going to ask you one more time, where is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? <laughs> I'll do you one better. Why, Why is Gamora, Gamora? improvised? <laughs> by the way, was that improvised? That's there was improvised. Yeah, that was but the genius. thing is, out of everyone else in the cast, nobody else could have pulled that off apart from Drax because the Drax, Drax is so dry. But, but I want. But but the thing is, do you not think we we were missing? There's two other trips I, I wanted to hear from him, and the one was Peter introducing himself as Spider-Man, and then Drax saying, "What the hell? You're not a spider." And then Iron Man doing the same thing. Like like I don't know. That could have been funny. Yeah, we, I think we 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 we've had a lot of Drax jokes in, in Guardians too, and I think they gave enough Drax moments. Uh, the invisibility is is still up there for me. Uh, <laughs> Nothing that Drax does the is going to be his oh, famously huge turds or his sensitive nipples. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. When we've got them first fighting and kind of coming to the conclusion that they're not against each other, um, Doctor Strange says. Uh, okay, let me ask you this one time. What master do you serve? And Quill says, 
oh, what master do I serve? What am I supposed oh, to say? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, I just was in absolute stitches at that moment. I just absolutely, the whole cinema was uproar because it's just it's just something he would it's say. Pratt, and it's, something, it? it's something that Chris Pratt would say exactly. on a day-to-day basis. Do you know what I mean? He really would. I can imagine um, that, that if we're talking ad-lib, I can see him ad-libbing that because I bet you if you said that line to him in real life, I reckon that's the kind of thing he'd come out with like lightning yeah. fast. He wouldn't even break. And even the moments, you know, when they're going back to saying you're one sandwich away from fat and, you know, he's talking about getting on a diet and oh, yeah, I'm going like to get dumbbells and do the lot. Like an, and Rocket yeah, says, I'm, you, I'm you know, commit. you can't eat dumbbells, <laughs> which I thought was genius. Um, it's, it's quite a reality. He, he, he didn't even look quite as in good shape as he's been in the past. I know he's in the, you know, Jurassic Park film and he's been in Guardians, but He's not a guy for, he's not your conventional lead. He's not your Chris Hemsworth, is he? Do you know what I mean? He he probably wants to be a fat guy that just can do comedy roles, but he has become a leading man. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's not the skin that he's best comfortable he's in. He's Andy so. Dwyer, but he's turned into exactly. a Burt Macklin. Yeah, I just thought it was cool, the fact that they kind of hinted at that. And, and, and a lot of this stems from the way the actors are in, you know, charismatic terms. It's It's what they bring to the table and and I think we get that. We don't get as much Iron Man kind of humour and, and lightness and, and even moments as we used to, but the the lines with Squidwards, the, the, the interactions with Doctor Strange, um, and then the interactions when they're talking about their plan, and it ultimately is Quill's plan, which is a very smart plan to try and get the gauntlet, um, was great. And you had... Really good Spider Man bit. Magic. More magic. Magic, magic with a kick. kick. Magic kick. Magic punch. <laughs> that whole that whole sequence, like every everything on Titan is just just blew me away. That coordinated yeah. fight, the the Doctor Strange bit was just insane. I mean as soon as he sort of makes all those multiples of himself, wow. Yeah, and then the last scene oh. just kinda of come out and, when he's and that's proper to that's proper um Doctor Strange stuff as well, as are the um those red ropes that he uses that bind Thanos yeah. to stop him closing his hands. I forget what they're called, but it's the somethings. Is it something of Atarok or something? Yeah. And it's one Even of the his... cloak had a plot as well, though. Man. It's like, one of his legendary <laughs> incantations that he always uses. So they yeah. they went real comic one. Yeah, the way the, the poor little cape gets ripped when he tries to stop him closing his fist. Yeah. I think the emotion, man, the emotion that you got at that moment when... I think it's a stretch... For Quill, I think as an actor, I think I think he he doesn't do. He's not. He's a comedic actor. Do you know? He's an action guy. He's not a guy that will be in a great emotive role. It's not his persona. But I think you you believe enough that he's mourning for Gamora when he finds out what has happened, and he's angered, and obviously, but he ultimately ruins ruins their plan because they had the gauntlet off. They they literally have it off at one stage, don't they? But I mean it looks like he wakes up. I think it's off and he's basically got hold of the bottom of the gauntlet and then he grabs it back. He, he, it's it's agonizingly close. And you can like Marco said, that whole scene, the coordination that's gone into it with Doctor Strange creating the platforms and the portals and yeah. literally everyone gets in on it. Drax is chopping the back of his legs mantis comes from above to subdue him and it's an incredible piece and you can imagine yeah. how difficult that would have been for them to film well i felt the like stuntmen. they were getting this i felt like they were 
they were going to do it as well. That's the thing. You, you felt the hope that... I thought nice, they were going to get you know, the glove off and then something was going to go wrong and he was going to get it back. Yeah, no, I did think that at one stage, but I did wonder whether they might have slightly partially defeated him at this stage of the film and then in the second film they'd go back. So, do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. didn't know they were going to do it that way, but I thought they did it so effective. And interlink with that you've got obviously the themes going scenes going on with thord you know getting stormbreaker you've got wakanda and the fight down there and the fight itself which was the big action piece really alongside titan was spectacularly done really you've got these faceless six-armed monsters or four-armed oh the um, um what are they called the out- outriders yeah Those, and they are grotesque looking things Exactly. And you've got that great scene where they decide to open one part of the um the barrier and you've got Cap and Black Panther just sprinting yeah. ahead of everyone else. And I just absolutely love that. And that whole sequence of fight scene and then Wanda comes and gets involved was really well done. I thought that the the action was great. You had the the humour when Banner was in, in the Hulkbuster and trips over. <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Um, and it was just a really good kind of action set piece. And then more character interactions. You've got Okoye um, fighting with, you know, Black Widow. And, and then obviously uh, Wanda comes along at one stage. And it was really, really well coordinated. I thought it was it was a really exciting fight scene. And obviously they had um, a whole chanting before it. And you had the, the tribal community oh, yeah, getting with involved them. as well. With Mbaku, yeah. Yeah. And figured Becky picking up rocket. Oh, oh no, that was yeah. awesome. Just before yeah, that, I'm so awesome. gonna get that arm. <laughs> right, yeah, but I love that there was a lot of heartbacks to the older films. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. moment, obviously, Gru picks up rocket in the prison. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of those in this film, and it and it felt nostalgic in in the right kinds of way. It was, it was it good was, the way he put new pairings together, films. wasn't it? Because you've always got. Cap and Iron Man or Cap and Bucky but now it's Bucky and Rocket and instead of Rocket and Groot you've now got say Thor and Groot and I like the fact they mixed them up and then they showed that these people can still have some camaraderie and some some togetherness yeah yeah completely anything with Uh, Rocket is always going to be funny because he's one of the funniest characters in there and because he's still a bit even after, great his, in this film. even after his he redemption really arc in Guardians 2 with the whole stuff he does with, um, you know, where he, he sort of realises that he's he's been horrible to everyone to push them away. He's still a dick at his very core. He's just a bit less of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did think the, the real triumph, and, and Rocket remained, and that's quite an interesting proposition mm. because he's the only one of the Guardians, if we're not excluding Nebula, that, that remains at the end of the film. So, I mean, we are at that point. So Thanos defeats them. And that, Doctor you've, got, Strange you've got to is, think. Doctor Strange gives up the Time Stone, which, to, in essence, to save Tony's life. And the big debate around it, and, and the, the logical thing is that he's seen the one way to win is for them to initially lose. You know, that's, to yeah. me, the only answer. It, it, it's I, I got to see it any other way. But you've got to think. But, one thing I was thinking last night, when I, I was trying to pay more attention to who survives, you've got to think that Rocket being around is going to be deliberate because his technological mind has got to be crucial to them either 
winning the next battle we or have them Shuri winning well. the overall yeah. war. Well, they've still got Shuri. They've still got Bruce. They've still got Rocket. So they've and they've still got three of the four best minds. Obviously, we've lost Peter, but Peter. You don't know if, if Shuri's survived there. I think she does. It's in, okay. Uh, well, yeah, the, true. It's implied. Yeah, but, I, but, think, but look, I, I think it's implied that they lose. Obviously, is Okoye still there or is she gone? No, Okoye is there. Can I can I give you just can I wax a Go. little lyrically about this time sensing? So she comes. One of the best parts of the film for me, because I think the reason is because, first of all, it may not be about the time stone, because I think the dialogue cho- choice is very deliberate, right? Because there's this whole theme running through the film about trades and prices. So Gamora's life for the soul stone, Red Skull's ambition for the infinity stones only to be a prisoner of one he can't possess. Then, you know, the lives of many across the universe for the balance of his resources. Vision's life for the mind stone. And I think in this situation, it might actually be a lot more about Tony's life for the time stone than the other round, because mm. it might it might be a lot about you know Tony has a price to pay and it may still cost his life, but it's it's probably less about the time stone per se and it's more about keeping Tony alive uh, uh, for something. And I think it may be. And and also this this is why I think Strange is such a cool character as well because you know he he doesn't tell Tony he doesn't tell Tony the details and it makes you think that this may be about a choice that Tony can make only if he doesn't know that he's. Uh, that that is something you've got to do. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think whenever they talk about uh, in any film, when when it's about knowing what happens in in the past or the future, and, and I'll yeah. talk back to the future openly, but you can't see, you know, your former self. You can't, you know, know what happens in your future because it changes. You know, and we can talk about Flash as well. It changes the course of the future events. So, for me, if Tony discovers what the plan is then it might affect everyone outside of dr strange's you know impact on 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 what the actual event is because that one chance out of 14 million 500 there you go that one (laughs) chance has to be delivered perfectly in a sense it it has to be delivered without anyone else's interference or knowledge that just even their knowledge can change the course of future events so you're right maybe it is that maybe it's that and the rumor and what everyone's saying and i really hate to think it is that tony has to sacrifice cap to get the soul stone in one capacity or another and that will literally break me or himself true it won't be pepper it'll be it'll be no do you know what you know what the thing is I, what if it was both? What if he's oh, faced God. with the decision and he has yeah. to sacrifice one or the other and he decides... Don't you get that. bloodlust right now, Margo. All of them die. All of them die. Don't no, no, die. I don't mean both of them die. I mean he's faced with a decision where it's one or the other and he decides he can't take Cap away. And at the end of the day, Tony Stark doesn't love anyone as much as he loves himself, so he offers himself up as a sacrifice. Yeah, but I, I was discussing this last night with Tom. You know, you said a while ago, Rory, about the we've seen the behind the the scenes pictures. We've got yes. those pictures of of Ant Man with Cap, um, wearing his original suit, his Avengers one suit with Iron well, Man. Well, I, I think we know reactor, and it looks like that, it's set in the Battle of New York. It does, but I think that might be not misdirection. But I think it might not be quite all it seems. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't think that'll be. I don't think that'll be time travel. I, I wonder whether we're going to have a different reality of events. I don't forget, whether... it could also be the bath. It could be the um, the retro frame that, technology. Yeah, that apparently is is a, another spoiler. Someone's seen that bath uh, in in one scene in this film, and it might have a quite a telling impact as well. So mm. you, you're right. There's a lot to speculate about. I think what's great about this is that none of us really have a clue. You know, we don't know who is going to die in the next film because I think we're a little bit sidewinded by maybe who who died and who didn't. I think Loki was the obvious one. But I don't think anyone really... Uh, we didn't know with Vision, Gamora was certainly left field. Um, and then the rest who have gone, you would assume they're going to come back. That is the logical explanation because they're going to reverse the events of what's happened. But then we don't know how that happens because Captain Marvel is going to be prominent. We'll talk about her shortly. Um, but also we've got Ant-Man in this quantum realm, which is coming up in the film. See, now I was saying to Tom last night, I wonder if the quantum realm, if there is an element of time travel, I wonder if the devices that they're wearing on their hands could in some way have some kind of PIM tech which utilises power from the cosmic realm, something like that. Yeah, there's a talk of that. There's also talk of maybe Ant-Man being involved and, and stealing the gems, which he's obviously very good in that heist. You know, that is him as a, as a thief. That's what, you know, that's what his role is. Um, so that's and, and handling Infinity Stone. Well, that's another good point. Yeah, that's another good point. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be really intriguing what they do with it. Obviously, Ant Man and the Wasp is set previous to this. Um, it might overlap slightly. We were, you know, there's talk of the quantum realm protecting them maybe from, from being wiped out and, and we'll just see what comes of it and then you know we just got to see what the role Hawkeye has because he's going to be involved and, and what we're left with at the end of this film when ultimately Thanos gets that mind gem after after we talked about before and Thor doesn't kill him um, is he, he clicks his finger and on the gauntlet and, and we're left Wondering what's going to happen. We we lose these people, and Thanos goes off 
not with a an air of arrogance or cockiness or bravado. He goes off being satisfied at the end. He goes off to what we assume is maybe Gamora's planet, and 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 a young Gamora in his vision asks him what he's lost, ah, but, and he's lost everything. But don't forget that vision that's been confirmed now. That vision where he sees young Gamora that is taking place inside the Soul Stone. Yeah. So potentially, yeah. maybe a portion of his consciousness has gone inside the Soul Stone. We know I think it, he's, it looks he's like played the, his part, and I just don't know how much he's going to left to play in the next film. That's the intriguing thing about it. It looks like the, the storyline is played, but the stones are obviously okay. So you'd think logically they go back to the the forge, they get another gauntlet made out of Uru, they then somehow have to get the stones away from Thanos, and somebody has got to use the gauntlet, but. Well, Nebula has a huge part in the Gauntlet comic, and I do wonder whether she's still got a huge role to play or not. Um, yeah. But I think everyone should read that, because it's not a spoiler, and it's it's a long time ago. It's an old comic, and it's really, really out there. But it's fun, and, and it does give you good insight. And I like yeah. the fact that this this film is opening people's eyes up to comics again in different ways, and it is mine as well, because people got to wait a year, so they want to get their hands on as much information as they can get their hands on. So, so the interesting thing about the comic, right, is like, um, and and, and just sort before of, you go it, into it, spoiler yeah. warning, huge yeah, spoiler yeah. warning. So, so the 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 key question is like, how does Captain Marvel get involved in? I've got a theory, um, which is around the fact that, like, we only have the hint of Adam Warlock at the end of Guardians Two. It's not going to be until Guardians 3 if it happens right. at all, I think. James right. Gunn exactly. said this afternoon, he did a little FAQ, exactly. and he said yeah. Warlock might not even be in Guardians 3. He said he just he's such a big fan, he couldn't not have him in any way, shape, or form. So, so which means uh, Adam Warlock is not going to do, is obviously not going to be in this next film. But what and if the role no that, that Adam plays... Yeah, but, 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 but I mean, so Silver Surfer's role was almost effectively like taken over by Hulk in, in, in this one, if you think about it, if you read the comic. He was now, more the messenger, wasn't he? He's the guy that comes yeah. and tells everyone. So what if Captain Marvel plays the Adam Warlock role? Where, because the interesting thing about the Soul Stone is, is that obviously the way that uh, Adam Warlock refers to, you know, being trapped in the Soul Realm and then, uh, he learns interesting things about Thanos in the Soul Realm. Um, which ultimately helps, uh, uh, you know, leads to Thanos' defeat, uh, uh, to, to some extent. Um, cause, cause for me, the, the, the other weird question I've got is, why now Captain Marvel? Why not when, you know, the Chitauri are, are attacking New York? Why, why not when Ultron is, you know, about to sort of, uh, destroy the Earth, so to speak? Um, cause I, I, I can only think, one, there's some interesting dynamic in the Captain Marvel film that actually, explains why maybe Nick Fury is not even aware of needing to use her until this point. And then I just wonder if if, if they're going to... Because I, I have a feeling the Soul Stone, if these characters are going to come back from the dead in some fashion, the Soul Stone's the key, right? Which means that anyone who was killed by, by its use, and that includes Gamora, is potentially fair game to come back. At least that's my theory. That's my theory. I, don't uh, know I think so too. I think that's the way that the only thing with is Gamora is she was sacrificed in a way that was. It wasn't like her soul was just taken to the stone. Yeah, yeah. Her body was destroyed. You know, she was thrown off a cliff. It's it's different to me, but you know, I, I'm intrigued as to what, to ha- what will happen because Guardians Three will not be the same without her. She is such an important dynamic. Um, unless they try and mother on the ship, unless they try and use Nebula in her place, it's not 
it'll work. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of predictions to be had. There's a lot to come. I think what excites me, and we'll talk about the, the only the one scene at the end of the film um, and end of the trailers, which was as a, a long, agonizing wait, you know, because the cinema was almost silent. No one knew what to expect. Uh, and, and Thanos ultimately left everyone pretty shocked and, and, and pretty in shock because it, it's not regular that the villain wins do you know what i mean and that's what the film delivered is that he got the stones and he's ultimately victorious um and a lot of people were, were shocked until you had that moment where you flashed in new york and you've got kobe smolders i don't maria hill. I know a name in how i met your mother i can never remember a name in this yeah maria hill um and then you've got <laughs> You've got <laughs> Nick Fury almost in a different guise because he, he, he says, Oh, motherfucker. And they cut it at motherfucker. Um, cause he's being erased. But at that moment, he's using a 1986 pager to send a message to Captain Marvel. And you get that flash of, of, of her signature logo. And you know what's coming. I, I think everyone expected that, but it's just so interesting what happens. To, to get to that point and where Captain Marvel's been, because we know we're getting a young Nick Fury, we're getting Coulson back, we're getting Ronan and, and the Kree and, and that kind of stuff in this 90s kind of set um, Captain Marvel film. And potentially the Skrulls, which is interesting. The Skrull is the main villain, so yeah, we, we that is very interesting. Um, but I, I, just, I just can't wait to see what they do with it. I, I'm so... Interested that Brie Larson posted some video about her uh, bulking up for the last year, and and she's an amazing actress, and uh, I'm I'm a huge fan, and I just think she's going to do the role a load of justice. But it's so interesting how she'll come into it, and and how we're going to get that original Avengers cast, Hawkeye and Black Widow and Hulk and um, Iron Man and Captain America back together, and I, I just can't wait to see that scene between Captain America and Iron Man when they come back together, because I think it was brave to not have a moment where they had a conversation. Do you know what I mean? In this yeah. film or had any interaction. I, I thought it was really bold to leave that open because they're, they're unresolved. You know, they, they, what happened before was, was huge in the, in, in civil war. And, and it's, it's other than a letter and a flip phone in the post to, to uh, Tony Stank. Um, we've not had any kind of resolution of and that. And you could so... see when, when he first brought it up in the sanctum, you could see how uncomfortable he got at the yeah, thought of could. having to even call him. So them being face-to-face is going to be incredibly difficult. But at some point... Yeah. And Cap will probably be the same because he obviously feels a huge amount of guilt that he knew about the whole Bucky involvement and he didn't well, tell and, his and friend. Well, whether Bucky comes back and, and, and that interaction with Tony happens as well or not. You know, I just don't know if we'll see see that happen or not. But it, it, it's going to be a, a big moment. Having these original Avengers back together, and they will come back together, is going to be huge for everyone because that's the payoff as well from all these films. It's it's that original when they assemble moment is one of most people's favourite moments in Marvel history. And, and, and having that to again in one way or another is going to be huge, especially when the stakes are raised so so yeah. high in this in this next film it's it's the fate of the Thai universe and I don't think they're going to go too galactic I think they're going to keep it more on a, a ground level I think um, but we'll see what happens it's going to be it's going to be an incredible event and you know this film 
was already grossed what 1.25 billion in two weeks. It's going to go on to surpass most films and maybe not Avatar at 2.8 billion or whatever it was. But it, it's it's a huge event and and I'm just glad they got it right because it it was it was a couple of nervy moments that they may even as good as the Russos are and all Kevin Feige and all the work they've done, it's still a bold film to take on at, at this scale and this level to bring in this many superheroes because they didn't have to. You know, the Guardians could have not been involved. I mean, it would have been wrong without Kiz Gamora, but they, they brought in everyone and, and they really delivered for me. I think it's just an incredible, incredible feat of, of filmmaking history for me. Yeah. So is, cool. anyone got any more predictions for... Avengers 4. I must admit, I'm intrigued by what, what Marco said about Captain Marvel taking on the the Adam Warlock role. Because really, for, for somebody to take on that well, role... Well, there's it, no Silver Surfer either. It, it's got to be somebody with cosmic powers. So you're either looking yeah. at at her or Thor, really, to, ha- to have that level of power. It's not to be that able to... kind of Thor... It doesn't make sense, you know, not for Thor. Not no, for it, it wouldn't. So I just I mean, in terms right. of the current roster, there's only yeah, really yeah, those yeah. in terms of that power set. It couldn't be a tech, it wouldn't work to be a tech based person like Iron Man or War Machine or Ant Man. It needs to be a cosmic person. It, it, for me, it needs to be anyway. But it, it's going to be interesting. Especially when you consider that Adam is the one who then takes possession of the gauntlet after the fact. Um, yeah. Just one, one, one outside weird, interesting casting for Avengers 4. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Hiroyuki Sonata, who uh, in comic references, you'll remember him as the Silver Samurai in, in the Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so he's been cast. Which is interesting because one of the theories that I saw, which is a bit out there, is that this means somehow you're going to have this, the, the, one of the things that might have happened to Hawkeye is he's suddenly turned into Ronan because that would place him in Japan and therefore make use of, have need of a Japanese actor. Well, it's, it, I think we've, we've already sort of had it pretty much confirmed that he's taken on the Ronan role. It's just oh, all, all they said in the build up is that Hawkeye wasn't around for this. Because he was off doing other things. They sort of clarified in the film, didn't they, and said that he and Scott took plea deals yeah. when at home. But the implication... Did you notice in the la- in the, the post-credit scene, um, Fury says to Hale to call Clint or tell Clint we'll meet him such and such, and then the car crashes in front of him. So I'm not so sure that Clint has been on bed rest. I think he's officially said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be at home with the family, but I think he's been doing a secret mission for Fury, and maybe that's why they didn't call Captain Marvel, because whatever yeah. Barton's doing was planned and reasons. she was planned. They'll have their reasons that she wasn't called earlier. Fury's I mean, always got know, a reason for everything. And this me. all happened so quickly as well. Do you know, you know, they've got to look at it. You know, the, the attacks on, we're all within what felt like a 48-hour period. Do you know what I mean? Wakanda was under attack after New York. New York had happened, but the ships had gone away. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it was all so fast. It's it's not like it was... It, it, the way it was shot in the film and, and the way it felt was it was all happening, you know, one after the other. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was yeah. a very quick process. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else... To add any, any other moments you really want to mention from this 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 film at all? I think we, uh, we've sporadically done most of the good ones, just as we've been. We, talking. we really have, yeah, we really have. Yeah, I mean, a, like we said, there's some incredible lines. I think the action scenes aren't too heavy, but they're they're really well done, um, to be honest. And 
yeah, I just thought. I thought they got the balance right. I thought they really got the humour that we all love from the MCU. I think they got the action right, and they got some really clever character interactions. And I think they delivered, like we said all along, about the emotional level. I think it needed to hit home, and I think they'd done that in Civil War, and we felt that really emotional pull to these characters. And it did. You you, you felt the, the punch in the gut, and you had those moments of emotion. And then you had those moments of joy and, and excitement and everything you want from these kind of films. So for me, it's just a, a massive unmitigated success. And I'm glad everyone's really appreciating it and enjoying it. And there's a lot of talk that it is this generation's Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that is some serious claim, but I wouldn't say it's wrong. I... I... I struggle with that just because of the gravitas of Empire Strikes Back, but I but I can understand why people say that. I just think thematically, yes, I think the I think the the significance of the of, of that film is just too it's it's too big, um and 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 there's no I don't think I think I, to to set up a cliffhanger of that quality is just I don't think any yeah I know, it, I know. this is I'm not saying this isn't this isn't there it's just not as it's not the same no. okay no. that's fine. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Cool. Stu, you happy? I'm I'm exceedingly happy with it. Exceedingly yeah, I just happy. want to watch it again. It, I just it, want to just watch it, it again and again and it's again. It's going to be a long, long wait of videos and articles and theories about what the hell happens next. Yeah. It, no doubt we're going to talk a lot more about this in the future. I'm sure we are. And, and get some really good fish. interactions. A last question for me. Um, this is probably too early to ask this question, but I'll ask it. Uh, does this affect your 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 favourites list in any way? It's second. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I'm I'm not sure. After two viewings, I don't know if it's gone to number one ahead of Civil War yet. I don't know, but you know what it's like when things are still fresh. I need to watch it another couple of times and let everything settle down. I think maybe Infinity War won't be number one, but the two films together will be because it's just because it, it's only half a film. I, that, I, I get that. that yeah, that's the I thing. get that. It is half a story. It's half a narrative. And yeah. It's like when you look at everyone's favorite trilogies, which I'm going to do podcast about at some stage on on. on on movie night it's it's hard because the trilogies alone you know you can't single out a film you need the, the full force of them you know yeah. it, and that's the way it reads it is a two-part film you can't you can't put this one part without the next and yeah i can't wait do you know for sunday afternoons to watch this and then the next film back to back is going to be like that's 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 perfect that's going to be a hell of a five-hour spell that yeah, but if not more, I can't wait. I'm one of the extended man. I want everything. I want a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I, honestly, it was great to experience it um, with my son, and he really loved the film. And he and he and he kind of was on Thanos' side because he doesn't get the mass genocide thing. You know, it's kind of weird. But what was he like when uh, when Spider-Man disappeared? He was all right. He, he, he suddenly got a bit tougher and, and suddenly a bit changed towards his perspective of things. And I think I did explain to him that these characters kind of will come back. Don't worry. They've cool. You can watch Logan. 
Yeah, oh yeah, Logan's yeah, nailed on. <laughs> Nick, yeah, the, yeah the, the claw to the brain. That's really going to go down well. He'll sleep well after that. Um, yeah, oh, okay. I, honestly, it was a great thing to experience with him. And it's one of those things that it's just had such a profound effect on loads of generations. And I still get dickheads on Twitter saying, oh, it's a fucking kids film. I'm like, piss off. It's not. You love, you know, just watch these films and enjoy the spectacle. But there's so but much it- more than that. At, at, at the end of the day, even even if you can say that, I mean, like, and I was thinking about it when I was reading Infinity Gauntlet uh, again recently. Um, you know, th- there's something there's something about seeing these fights executed in in real time, in live action, in 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 a way that that you know, with all due respect to comic books, that they, they just can't capture. Um, so yeah. I'm, and they I'm, do they I'm, do so well of getting these characters on screen. I was talking to people; they they bring these characters to life in such a way that. You, you do care about them in a different way, you know. We, you know, I know your affiliation, like like Jerry, who's is a great friend of ours uh, of Spider Man, love from some, such a young age, and so you're the same with Green Lantern, the way they butchered that, and it's such a kind of thing for you that it it does mean a lot. And then like uh, my love of Daredevil from a more recent thing, and, and going back to the comics that I've read all of them now since is. Is from the is from the creation that they brought to life, and and it's okay to do that in reverse, you know, to get people reading comics because they love the films. It's fine. You can't always, you know, I I'm not a snob towards these things in the slightest, and I used to be with movies and films, and it's not the right approach, you know. And I do think anyone going into these films needs to have watched a good chunk of them to really get it and understand it. But I love that it is it is it is forcing people and I've seen on Twitter and everywhere to go, I need to watch this first and I watch this yeah. first and then I want to go and see this because the buzz is real. Everyone wants to yeah. see this film because of the excitement around it. No, agreed. And, and, and even for this one, you just needed to watch like the five with the with mentioned the previous Infinity Stones. It's not actually that much legwork. So No, and it's worth it's worth every hour you, you put into watching these films because Oh absolutely. I'll sit through yeah. the Dark World and I'll sit through Hulk and everything else that's come before, even even the ones that because there's so many good films and and you just look at the trajectory they're going in. I mean, I tell you what, they're just the, knocking it out of the park, man. Ragnarok and Black Panther and this, it's doing just, the um, it's just incredible. Doing the Road to Infinity War was so worth it, and on the yeah. on the flight out, so the week before the film came out, Ragnarok was um, on Virgin. And then on the way home, Black Panther was on the way back on on Virgin. So yeah. even though we, I mean, Black Panther was always the one that you were we were going to have to watch out of sequence because Michelle yeah, and I didn't go and watch more it in recent, cinema. Obviously, it's much yeah. more recent. Yeah. And, and the last thing we watched, being Ragnarok, was perfect because obviously Infinity War picks up like exactly. minutes after the end of that film, and it just worked so well. And as we've said on previous ones. I've got such an appreciation now of the earlier films. When you see everything that's come afterwards, you go back and you watch Iron Man 1, and you just oh, think, fuck, it's such a good film. That's the big achievement. That's the big achievement. That is the achievement. It's the foresight. It's the planning. It's the it's the balls to go, this is going to work. Do you know what I mean? And we're going to introduce these characters, and we're going to build to this. I mean, Kevin Feige... Just hats off, man, because you, you know, the vision to make this work. I'm is, not even is, sure is, that he's human. He, to, to have the foresight that he's got on the planet, he must have some kind of, a, of an android brain. Because the way he ties and he holds all of these things together is, I mean, that's his superpower. He's like friggin' vision. 
the way he, he sees all these different strings. For them to have done this in 2008 and to have played a 10-year, 17-film waiting game is ridiculous. It and is. I appreciate it, it so much more now, having watched them all over the last four months. It, it was a hell of a yeah. ride. Bring on it the next was. 10 years and the next 17 films, I say. That's that's exactly in agreement. When, when we got yeah. up to Iron Man 7 and they've got, you know, two kids <laughs> and the kids have got their own little armors and stuff. And <laughs> no, man, they're going to kill off Iron Man in the next one. Okay. Oh, let's not. Maybe... I'm cutting you before this goes any further, man. <laughs> this is done. I'm not having that talk. On I, only, I only get one podcast appearance a year. So I <laughs> That's well your fault, it. not ours. That's your fault. <laughs> Don't come and spout your bullshit because you've been starting off to not do podcasts for a year. No um, one likes me anymore. No one likes me anymore. Oh, you guys you, play you, the pity you, card, you, man. It's not no, going to no, uh, <laughs> gonna watch here. We we would invite you on, and you keep telling me you're too busy. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We're busy too. We're busy watching these films and appreciating them. And so reading comics. My my, my um, last word, if I may. Uh, thank you very much for having me on this one. I really appreciate it. Then. Oh, mate, it's I, I you're always welcome. Better. Couldn't think of anyone better. It's, well, it's, not not that we could it. get anyway. Um, no offense, that, but James Gunn doesn't take any notice of me when I tweet him, so you know. Now I know, fair enough. Neither, yeah. neither do I, don't I? <laughs> um, on Levels. that note, it's been it's been a hell of a two part. Um, we've covered as much as we realistically could. I know there's so much more. There's probably loads of important stuff and quotes and lines and action scenes we've missed. Um, but the whole point of this is interaction and. We love everyone's feedback. And there's been people who genuinely are excited about listening to this part. And, and that makes me quite proud, to be honest, because... Don't cry. I'm not going to cry. It's, it's, it's not Spider-Man going. It's not that emotional. I'm, I'm, all, cr- I'm all cried out now after, um, you know, Mr. I Stark, you I don't want to go. I you and... but it But it is, it is, it is, you know, me and Stu legitimately and genuinely and wholeheartedly appreciate people actually taking the time to listen to these podcasts and caring about what we have to say because you know we don't get it but we we do genuinely appreciate it so thanks everyone for listening um do fire over as many spoiler gifts as you fancy um yeah it's open season now spoilers it's open are season on guys the table. open season it's been two weeks open season yeah um and yeah we 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 love interacting with you guys so um and girls and we we genuinely appreciate it so and dogs thanks very much and dogs and cats. And <laughs> hopefully not small children, because they shouldn't listen to the exclusives on these podcasts. No, they really um, shouldn't. We will be back, I hope, with something quite soon, because it's been a while since well, we're going to have to We're going to have to do something reasonably soon, because timing-wise, we haven't been able to do a preview for Deadpool 2. No, but we like will review week. that when we get to see it. And, and yeah, there's some other cool stuff to, to talk about. Deadpool 2 is just around the corner, which is brave and a bit stupid from... Um, you know, Fox, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it's as good as it, it looks in the later trailers. Um, thanks very much, Marco and Stu, as always, and we Thank will you. be back with you very soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.